Can three be a magic number this week with a trio of cracking matches in international cricket? This is cricket, only better. Welcome to Cricket Only Better, episode 184. I'm Ed Hawkins. Big boy cricket this week with three internationals to get through in India, in New Zealand and in South Africa. Get the passport stamp ready, please, Sam Collins. Stamped and ready to go, Hawkins. Uh, good to hear your voice back to, to full health this week. Um, no franchises this week, uh, just these three absolute beasts, as you say, in the form of India versus Australia, South Africa versus West Indies and the ODIs, and a test between New Zealand and Sri Lanka. Here's another beast. It's Paul Krishnamurti of Betting Door Betfair. Hello, Paul. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. All the better for hearing you, Paul. And you are joined, as always, um, by your friend SportingLife.com's Richard Mann. He of the biggest brain in cricket. That's very true. Hello, Sam. Who writes these scripts, Richard Mann? Are you you just sending them in? Um, how do we tell the listeners what to bet on for these games, eh, Edward Hawkins? Well, we're going to go through team news, pitch reports, Players to follow, trades and strategies in running for each of those whoppers, those three whopping games. Lovely stuff, plus the countdown to the IPL officially starts now. Tasnia Samarkhan is here to reveal the anatomy of a losing IPL franchise, plus the treble klaxon, the five-point challenge and best bets. So, as ever, let's get on with the show. IPL, let's start with an outright, because as I said, the IPL is almost upon us, starts on March the 31st. Um, Favourites currently, Gujarat Titans, 11-2, to two, the champions, um, Mumbai Indians, 6-1, to one, Royal Challengers, Bangalore, 6-1, to one, Delhi Capitals also at 6, Rajasthan Royals also at 6, Look now, uh, Super Giants, 7s, Punjab Kings at 8, Chennai, um, Chennai Super Kings are 17 to Kolkata, Kolkata Night Riders nine to one, and Sunrises Hyderabad are at elevens. Those are, of course, uh, Betfair sportsbook prices. We'll get the guys' views on those in a second. But first, here's Tasneem Samarkhan wetting the appetite with the anatomy of a bad IPL team. With the IPL kicking off on the twentieth, here's a breakdown of three quick ways to recognise a poor IPL side. Number one, net boundary percentage. Around 85% of IPL games are won by the team with the highest boundary percentage. Not only do RCB have a poor boundary percentage, but their batsmen face the greatest number of dot balls in the competition. They also have the lowest RPO from over 7 to 15, meaning they're always playing catch up with their intent. Addressing team balance could mitigate this issue. If the goal is to build a team around Kohli, who has a below par boundary rate of 15%, their side needs to be stacked with hitters to sustain this metric over an entire season. Number two, spending. Overspending comes from failing to look at the cost of runs and wickets. In 2021, RCB spent 15 crore on Kyle Jamieson, a power play specialist, to service their need for a death bowler. Not only did they blow almost 20% of their budget on him, but they also recruited him for a role that he doesn't even play at the Super Smash. 
Coley's another key example. RCB spend 20% of their budget on a batsman whose style leaves them in a boundary and time hole, necessitating extremely strong finishers in the side. Overspending doesn't leave a team with a whole host of options when it comes to addressing their balance, which leads us to number three, team balance. Overspending on big-name players destroys your ability to build a high-value, cost-effective domestic core, but importantly, forces you to shoehorn players into roles around your star buys, instead of allowing them to flourish in the roles that they naturally play. It's easy to understand the value of star all-rounders and high strikers in T20 cricket, but the importance of death bowling is still overlooked. When sides have a tendency to go for big names rather than specialists, their death economy suffers, leading to a lack of tournament success. And finally, a key to a strong team balance is value for money retentions. You can quickly spot a poor side because they inject huge proportions of their budget into players they let go of after just one year, meaning they don't even give time for their poor investment to come to fruition. Thanks, Tasneem. Richard Mann, coming to you first. Thoughts, please. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, data is becoming my mind part, isn't it, isn't it, when analysing T20 cricket and boundary percentage is just a key factor now. Um, I must say the team I like from the auction, I thought Rajasthan Royals, there's a lot of continuity from the side they had last year. Um, they had a really good run to the final. I do think they need to improve a little bit, but I like the makeup of their squad. Um, I'm, I'm probably leaning towards them at the moment. Okay, okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti, six teams within one and a half points of each other suggest Sportsbook reckon this is wide open. Yeah, I disagree. I think this is a consistent angle in franchise cricket. And I'm pretty sure if we went back through all of the previous IPLs, the betting was really close at the start. But actually, look at look at what's happened over the years. You know, for, for many years, Chennai and Mumbai were dominant. There's many other franchises that have never really done anything in this, or very rarely. And I think that, once again, you know, this isn't a really competitive 10-runner race. Uh, and I think that we will end up in a few weeks focusing on a predictable few. Personally, I'm going to say three teams. I put up Lucknow Super Giants last week. Very strong on them. Very happy to have a bet 7-1 to one and keep it. Rajasthan Royals, completely agree with Rich. I mean, again, big contenders last year. Hard to spot a weakness with them. And third, the annual Punjab Kings um, malarkey, where we think they're going to improve. But, you know, fantastic signing in Sam Curran. Sam Curran, Arshdeep Singh, bowling four overs at the death. That's that's a real, real bonus. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Should we get on with the games? First up, South Africa versus West Indies, Thursday, 11am UK time. The first one-day international from Buffalo Park. Early bet for exchange um, prices show West Indies going off at around 3-1. to one. Our friend Edward Hawkins is as ever here with a lowdown. Possible teams for you. We'll start with South Africa. De Kock and Bavuma opening the batting. Rassi, Tony DeZorzi, Stubbs, Rickleton, Mulder, Felicawayo, Fortune, Williams and Nagidi. There's no Markram, Klaassen, Miller, Nokia, Maharaj or Rabada. West Indies, Hope, Mayers, Brooks, King, Pal, Paran, Shepard, Holder, Akil Hossein. Then they'll either go with Karaya uh, or Odin Smith. And Shannon Gabriel is back in this squad. Crick info not listing Alzari Joseph. He's their best wicket taker in the last 12 months. West Indies have lost 11 of their last 15 in those last 12 months. Buffalo Park venue, 
pitch report for you. Last ODI in 2017, that's not much use to us. South Africa made a record 369 for the ground in three domestic 50 over matches this season. Scores of 276, 297, 217. Historically, no toss bias. This is one of the smallest grounds in South Africa. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, I'm keen to come to you. Uh, Surely, this being a reserve South Africa team, you'll be breaking one of your golden rules and backing the West Indies. Yeah, I I do. I think they're a very good trading option, really. You can lay South Africa at 1.28 at the moment, and given that side, which is blatantly a reserve side, as you say, that's big. Um, Lots of reasons, too. Um, First of all, the weather's weather forecast is very dodgy um the toss could be really important looks like it's going to be rain moderate rain throughout the day and lots of cloud cover so could be a duckworth lewis could be a toss bias secondly it's a very small ground so really you want your big hitters at the death and yet south africa are missing all these no class and no miller no jansen whereas west indies poor as they are in general they do bat very deep they bat all the way down since 11. Um, Yannick Karaya could be at 11 and he can bat. Um, and I just noticed, well, you'd think sixes would be very important here on a small ground. Well, despite West Indies' terrible form in this format, they lead South Africa 72 53 in sixes over the last 12 matches. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, thoughts on this match? Uh, we'll get to Rassi in a minute. Yeah, I still think South Africa too too strong for my money. I, I just think they're a white ball outfit going places and for all they're missing a few I, I'm excited by the players who are coming in. Dizarzi, Stubbs is a terrific talent. I think they want to have a look at him before the 50 of a World Cup in India. So I do think South Africa will be too strong um, for my money. Okay, okay. Um, Paul Krishnamurti going big on runs here given both bowling teams without key men. It's really a wait and see. And I think given the weather forecast, it's probably the other way. Because um, a small ground can mean extremes in either ways. You have to get very low scores on that. If the weather is bad, I would be very much inclined to go under 225, under 200. And remember, if you do unders on first innings runs and the innings is reduced, but they bowl 20 overs, it still counts. And you get a lot of winners that way. Okay. Thanks very much. Um, can we get our in-running tips, strategies, trades, technical bets, fellas, please? Uh, Richard Mann, you first, then Paul Krishnamurti. Uh, can be something general to ODIs if you if you fancy. Well, it's just more general, actually, for South Africa. And Paul's mentioned it. It's a real weather watch. I think if we get a clear day on the, on the morning of the match, I think both teams to score... 275, I think it's 21 to 10 comes into this. This is a small ground. There's a T20 here between England and South Africa in 2020. And it was a high scoring match. And the recent ODI series between England and South Africa, not at this ground, but in South Africa, there were runs galore in that match. You know, two, both teams to score 275 was, was a really good bet in that series. Um, and South Africa had uh, Nokia and Rabada playing in that. England had Rashid and actually good bowling attacks. I don't think these are good bowling attacks. So if we get a clear day, I, I think there are runs to be had for both sides. Okay, over to you, Hawkins, please, for players to follow. Uh, yeah, Rassi van der Dusen has five wins in 20. Betfair Sportsbook goes seven to two, so he is a bet on win rate. Bavuma has two wins in 17 for the record. Quinton de Kock, really disappointing. Zero wins in 16. Crikey, some people have done their money there. Fela Kawaya should come to the fore with the ball. Best strike rate um, and only bettered by Nokia. 
um, of those who have played more than five games in the last 12 months. That includes people like Rabad and, and Nagidi. For West Indies, 4-1 to one hold, a strike rate of 25.7 last 12 months, but short study sample, should bowl at the death. Hope, three wins and 15. Well, used to be one of the most reliable ODI batters in this market, but no cigar at 3-1 to one with sports. But the man to follow is instead Shamar Brooks, 5-1, to one, three wins in 15. Okay, okay. Uh, contain yourself, Richard, man. Rassi is a win rate bet, and most of his main rivals on the market are missing. Uh, any thoughts? I've been waiting for this day for so long. Uh, can you believe he was going off fives and nine to two not so long ago in this market? Phenomenal record in, early in one day international cricket. Um, hundreds, brilliant conversion rate. Uh, and he, he's a selfish player as well. He, he's great for an 18 out if you're chasing down 200. Great for this. So I think seven to two is a play. He's number three now in this batting order. And I think nine to one in the man of the match market, I'd probably go a point at seven to two and half a point at nine to one. The other, just to mention, actually, in the man of the match market, I've still got a suspicion that West Indies are weak against spin. So if Shamsi plays, he'd be interested in the man of the match market at 16s. Or Fortune, he's, he's down at 14s. He looks like he'll probably play ahead of Shamsi. I'd probably do them both, stakes back for the non-runner, um, because I think spin could be the way South Africa get this West Indies batting lineup. Okay, Paul Krishnamurti, anything for you here? Yeah, three things. So, first of all, Ed mentioned Jason Holder's good record. Um, and I'm pretty sure that stands up over all formats in the long term. And what's more, when we're talking about these stats, I think it's really important an angle in betting to think of data plus context. So we know the data's good, but remember that most of those matches Holder's been playing in, Alzari Joseph has played, who to me is a standout obvious favourite every time that um he every time he plays for West Indies. Other times New Iron might have played years ago. So actually Holder four to one in a week and sign is rock solid, especially going to bowl to death. Also for West Indies, I mentioned him earlier, don't know if he'll play 101 Yannick Karaya top bat. He won this market in their penultimate match against New Zealand with 52. Uh, and finally, uh, Rich mentions Shamsi man the match. I agree, but don't think he'll play. Same market, I would say Lungi Nagidi 14 to 1 is pretty solid and obvious because he's a standout South African pace bowler. He's generally value anyway. And I could definitely see Western he's getting bowled out very cheap if it is overcast conditions. Okay, thank you very much, Paul Krishnamurti. Coming up next, New Zealand versus Sri Lanka in the second test. New Zealand versus Sri Lanka in the second test starts on Thursday at 10pm UK time from Basin Reserve in Wellington. Beautiful Basin Reserve. Game one was a cracker with New Zealand squeezing home by two wickets. Betfair exchange prices are 1.55 New Zealand, 8.8 Sri Lanka and the draw at 3.7. Hawkins, please give us one of your finest lowdowns. Uh, Okie dokie. New Zealand could line up like this. Latham, Conway, Williamson, Nichols, Mitchell, Blundell, Bracewell, Kugelion, Doug Bracewell coming into the team. He's a seam bowler. Southie and Tickner. Henry is a major doubt with um, some stitches on his hand. And Neil Wagner is definitely out. A Schranker, Ashada and Dimmoth opening the batting. Kusel, Matthews, Chandamel, Dananjaya, Dick Vella, Rajitha, Pranath Chasaria, Lahiro and Asitha. Base and reserve, tricky to bat on for tourists, 
Prior to that game against England, in eight innings, high score was 3-1-7 involving India, Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. Then England made 435. The new ball did a lot in three out of four innings uh, in that match at Wellington. So bear that in mind for your in-play angles. Okay, uh, Richard Mann, Sri Lanka were terrific given they had minimal warm-up time. Has their best chance gone? No, I don't think it has. I mean, you look at this Australia-India series that's just finished and Australia didn't have a warm-up game, poor to start with and got better as the series went on. Sri Lanka should really be in the same, but I thought they played excellently in that first test. I'm lucky not to win. I mean, but for a drop catch from Dick Wellow Kane Williamson, I think he was in the 30s in that last innings. They'd have probably gone on to win that game. They bowled really well. They've got seamers who can take wickets. Uh, and they've got some experience in that middle order, Matthews, Chandamal. I think they'll get enough runs to be competitive. And New Zealand are not bomb-proof, particularly with injuries to the to the bowling attack that's already shown of the services of Trent Ball. I think they're a player at the prices, New Zealand. Certainly a trade anyway, 8.8. OK, thank you very much. Paul Krishnamurti, the 8.8 on Sri Lanka is looking a bit big to me. Yeah, I agree. I agree with Rich. Um, the only thing is, he might get bigger because of the weather. If you look at the weather forecast, I know these things are wrong sometimes, but day one looks like there's a lot of rain. So I've got a feeling the draw is going to shorten. So I'd say go about this one of three ways. Either just lay New Zealand at 1.55, that is very, very short given what happened in that first test and the injuries to their bowlers. There was a lot of responsibility on Tim Southie there. Um, or wait and hope the draw goes shorter in running and lay that, or do my old double the odds in play system. So in this case, you'd be placing an order for New Zealand at 2.1, Sri Lanka at 15.0. Okay, okay. Uh, Richard Mann, should we be laying the draws as soon as it goes sub threes? It's usually a good strategy, isn't it, in test cricket? It definitely pays in the long term, but I think it'll go a lot shorter than 3.0 anyway. Paul's just referenced the weather. But the other thing that that we've seen throughout... This, this New Zealand test summary is actually batting's got easier in the second innings. Test match just gone. Um, both, both second innings scores were comparable with the first innings when usually you'd expect them to get worse. And then obviously that series against England, I mean, at, at this very ground, uh, New Zealand, what did they make? 4-8-3 in their second innings and England should have chased down 2-60. Um, and I think that's the way the pitches are prepared in New Zealand. Do plenty early on plenty of grass on them but the stay the stay together the dirt break up um so i think you could if there's rain early in the test match you get a scenario where late on the draw is short because teams are batting well and making runs um and then hopefully a result can be forced okay uh paul krishna murti i'm going to ask you for some innings runs advice please um in play sri lanka uh, sri lanka sell when they've got a middle order partnership going yeah that makes a lot of sense um if indeed Rajiv is coming in at number eight again, that's a very long tail, very ripe for a collapse. So usual system. Um, if anyone, whenever they reach 50 partnership or 100 partnership at that point, pick an unders line, preferably I'd say an ambitious unders line, you know, lay 1.3 or lower. So it's also quite a shame they've got this long tail because two of their middle order, Dan and Jaya and Dick Weller, both normally very good, solid picks for top bat, but you just wonder, coming at six and seven, will they get enough help? Okay, okay. Uh, Anything else in play here for this one, Richard Mann? Yeah, that tail concerns me, but building on my earlier point, I I still think that you have to get second innings runs on side in somewhere, whether whether you're you're buying in the second innings or something what I did in the first test was 
think when Sri Lanka were three down, I just backed them at 6.8 and then left a trade at 2.8. Sure enough, they had a good partnership, Matthews and Chandamal, and it, it, it was it was it was matched and I basically got a free bet. It didn't, didn't pay off, did it? But um I think that's the way to go. I think both sides in these conditions are capable of making big second innings runs. So I'd get that on side in some form. Okay. Uh Paul, anything to add? I'm just gonna really endorse what Rich just said, third innings runs in particular. Normally 300 or more third innings runnings is odds against. And when you're talking about 350 and 400, you get huge prices. But we've seen it can be done in New Zealand and on this ground recently. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, Hawkins, players to follow, please. Players to follow. Not really anything outstanding, but I'll point out Daryl Mitchell at sixes, Betfair Sportsbook, because of that new ball in the first innings. He might not have much to do and gets in at a nice time. Uh, Sri Lanka, I think. Uh, Aziz Fernando has been good on the road for Sri Lanka early on in his career. St- very high strike rate, small study sample, but I think he deserves more respect than 7-2 to two with Betfair Sportsbook. First innings top bowler for Sri Lanka. Um, and Matthews and Chandler, uh in play buys, I think, when they get to the crease. Very, very solid. And you're probably paying late 20s for both of those two. OK, thanks. Um, Paul and Richard, players to follow, please. I'll go with Southfield at 5-2. to two. I think that's a Cracking price, really, considering that um, when there's nearly no Matt Henry, no Neil Wagner, really solid. He'll, have, uh, he'll take a lot of the overs up. Darren Mitchell at six one is a good bet. But I'd also add, I mean, you know, we've talked just when kind of about man and a match for a second. We've talked before about some of the brain damaging decisions. How gutted would you be if you backed Kane Williamson man and a match in the first test and he wins single handedly basically with one twenty one not out in the second innings? I think you've got a back home Williamson at the moment in Test cricket. I think you know he's gonna he's gonna have an Indian summer in his favourite format. Okay, uh, Richard Mitchell's really solid. I put him up a few weeks ago when he when he failed, and I think he's made a hundred never been in since. But he's still solid at six to one, uh, and just for a few quid. And I think you should be doing this long term. Sat Tim Southey's a hundred. He, he won in that uh, first innings of that last Test against England. And you saw here, I mean, he probably won't play, will he? But Matt Henry made 70 odd in the second innings again, in the first innings, sorry, against Sri Lanka. He didn't win the market because Mitchell made 100, but he could have quite easily copped there. And he went off 80s in that test. So I think the New Zealand low order, Doug Brace will come in and he can hold a bat. If there's a rain around on that first day, you know, the, the, these will win from time to time. And if you're taking the 100 to 1, I do think it'll pay long term. It's a shame we can't do it with Sri Lanka. They've got such a poor tail. Um, Tim Southey would worry me. I think he's had a really heavy workload. I know he's in a poor field, but he's bowled an awful lot of overs so far this summer. Otherwise, I, w- I would be betting him. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, done. India versus Australia still to come. The five point challenge and best bet still to come. But first, is Richard Mann with the treble claxon. Right, enough, enough prizes for guessing the first pick. It's Rassi van der Dussen, top South Africa batsman in the first ODI versus West Indies. My second pick is Travis Head, top Australia batsman in the first ODI against India. And my final pick is Lahuma Kamara, a top Sri Lanka bowler. I thought he bowled really well. Um, without a lot of luck in that first test, but he'll he'll get the pick for top Sri Lanka bowler in the second test. Okay, thank you, Richard Mann. India versus Australia um, meeting on Friday, eight a.m. 
UK time from the Wankhede in Mumbai. Betfair exchange prices have India at 1.67 and Australia at 2.38. The World Cup countdown starts here, Hawkins. Um, give us your lowdown. Yeah, here's your India team for you. Rohit, Gill, Kohli, Kishan, Yadav, Hardik, Panja is back in the mix here. Jadeja, then they may go Aksar or Kuldeep. Uh, as just extra spinner, dependent on uh, whether they want an extra batter or not, because uh, Kuldeep's a little bit high there at number eight. Shami, Siraj and Umran Malik. There's no Shreya Sire for India. He's injured. Sanju Sampson has been called up, but we don't expect him to get into the team just yet. Australia, Warner is supposed to be coming back from that elbow injury. Then we've got Head, Smith, Mitchell Marsh, Maxwell, Green, Carey, Abbott, Stark, Ellis and Zamba is no Cummins. Pitch, Vankedi, only three ODIs since 2015. That's no good. But the RPO in that period is 6.39. Uh, so it's been pretty good for batting. Australia chased 255 without losing a wicket in 2020. 280 also chased. Easy by New Zealand in 2017. South Africa made 438 in 2015. Okay, um, I suppose the first question is for Richard Mann. What do you make of this Australian eleven? Uh, I, I like the batting. I think it's a strong batting lineup, and we saw Steve Smith in the big bash bat really well. Um, so I'm expecting runs from him, and obviously Travis head up top. He looks made for the opening one, but the bowling looks weak. And in these conditions against a strong Indian batting lineup, they could be there for the taking. We could see big Indian runs. Okay, um, Richard Mann, uh, sorry, Paul Krishnamurti rather, what are we going to do with in-play um, innings runs here? Or is there a general ODI strategy you want to discuss for the market? Well, no, I do have a, a solid general one international strategy, but I think we'll leave it for another time on a more suitable ground because i um got strong views about the Wanky Day. I, this, the boundaries here are very small and really insanely big scores are possible. Um, like South, South Africa hit 438 here. So if it looks good, teams are starting well. I think anything's in play. And don't be averse to look at backing both to score 300, 325, even 350. Okay. Um, Richard Mann, India's balance is an interesting one. Potentially flat wicket. Does it matter to you betting-wise if they go Axar over Kuldeep or vice versa? Yeah, absolutely. If you're betting in the outright market, it's a bugbear of mine in white ball cricket. I think you need wrist spinners over, over finger spinners because you need to take wickets. So you look at the reigning T20 World Champions, England, wrist spinner Rashid, they're the reigning 50 over champions, Rashid. Uh, Australia, the T20 champions a year before that, Adam Zampa. All the good T20 sides generally have a good wrist spinner because they take your wickets in the middle overs. Unless you've got extreme pace, there's no other way. So they need to be picking cold deep. For all axes, they're very fine cricket and you'd probably want him in anyway. Um, get those wrist spinners in because they take wickets. Okay. Um... Richard Matt, anything in play, guys? Um, Paul Krishnamurti. Well, first of all, this is this is perfect timing with the IPL coming up because the Wanky days are called Mumbai's ground. And uh, there we have, a, in T20, we have a rock-solid strategy, which is to buy back overs after the strategic timeout for the last 10, 11 overs because really silly things can happen. 11 and overs, not even particularly ambitious there. 13 or 14 is possible. So in this case, over 50 overs, I'd say we're looking for the 35 over mark and the 40 over mark. If there's plenty of wickets in hands at that stage, back the extreme overs, it's really possible. And both of these sides have some great finishes as well. So I wouldn't be at all surprised if we saw, you know, 110, 120 off the last 10. Okay, uh, Richard Mann? 
No, I can't beat that. I thought that was excellent analysis and, and something I'll definitely be keeping an eye on. Okay, thank you very much. Um, Edward Hawkins, uh, you have a new world record top bat holder to tell us about. Yes, uh, previously Yanni Milan was your top batsman uh, to follow on this uh, market in terms of win rate all around the world. Shy Hope was a previous title holder, but the new man uh, holding the belt is Shubman Gill. Eight wins in his last 18, a win rate of 44.4%. Betfair Sportsbook go 4-1 to one that he top scores in this India innings. That's a massive edge of 24.4% if uh, that ratio fa- uh, floats your boat. Uh, he's over 27.5 at 5-6. to six. He's 9-1 to one man of the match. He's 6-1 to one for your top match back. Uh, other numbers of interest. Rohit, one win in 11. Kohli, two wins in 11. Siraj, 7-2 by far the best wicket taker India have got. Last 12 months, he's 7-2 his sports book. Great minds think alike, Richard Mann. Travis Head is a standout of four to one with Betfair Sportsbook. Worked really hard in the tests and has got to grips with the conditions and the uh, India bowlers. Warner under twenty five point five at five to six with Betfair, Betfair Sportsbook. Excuse me, is one of interest. Uh, what you got, Paul Krishnamurti? Well, um, statistically, wise recently, Steve Smith looks pretty solid. Seven to two. He's top scored in three of their last five matches. Um, with India, it's a bit tricky because normally, certainly in T20, I'd be looking for those late finishers for the reasons I said before. And 11 to 1 about Hardik Pandya, 25 to 1 Jadeja, even 5 to 1 Surikumar Yadav. They're all fair prices. But I've got a feeling that by the time they get to the crease, either Gill or Coley is going to be on a really big score. So perhaps leave that one. Okay. Uh, to Richard Mann, to wax lyrical about Gill. Very fine player. Um... And, and obviously the, the numbers backed that up. But I'm keen on Travis Head here, though. I think I think everything Ed said was spot on. Brilliant test series. And when he opened the batting in this format in Pakistan, I think in, in 2022, I think David Warner was absent there, or Finch was absent. He, he took to it like a duck to water. He clearly relished getting going against a new ball when the field was up. And I think it'll be the making of him. And Lucky may well open in the ashes now as well. I think he he's going to be an opener. Um, so I'm looking forward to see him, see how he goes. And I think four to one's a little bit too big, really, on what we've seen over the last few weeks. Okay, all done, and thank you very much, both of you um, and you, Hawkins. Uh, now, to the five-point challenge and the best bets. Uh, so can our challenger stay on? That's the big question. Here we go, then. Uh, at Trader 12 was last week's challenger. Big question is, do they survive to show 184? The answer, no. Here's Edward Hawkins to explain who takes up. The Poison Chalice this week. Welcome to at Nazalytics. What a great handle. Our new challenger is five points to spend. By the way, if you want to be our challenger next week, that's assuming that Nazalytics doesn't make it. He doesn't survive. Uh, get in touch at Cricket Betting. Uh, we want to hear from you. Uh, we want your best bets. So he's gone for one point Rassi, top bat, 7-2 in the ODI. One point Faruqi, top Islamabad United bowler against Zalmi at 7-2 Betfair Sportsbook. One point Sky Yadav, top India bat against Australia at 5-1 in the ODI. One point Daryl Mitchell, top New Zealand bat at 6-1 versus Sri Lanka. And then back to the PSL, United to beat Zalmi at 4-5 with Betfair Sportsbook. 
Betfair Sportsbook. All look good ones to me. What a Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti got in store for us. They've also got five points to spend. Off you go. Arles first. Okay, I will have uh, two points on Tim Southie to be top New Zealand wicket taker in the first innings. So in the first ODI, I'm going to have a point. Rassi van der Dussen, top South Africa, about seven to two. I'll have one point on Jason Holder, top West Indies bowler of East South Africa, at four to one. Sticking in that ODI, I'm going to have half a point. Rassi van der Dussen, man of the match, at nine to one, and half a point beyond Fortune at fourteen to one to be man of the match. I'll have one point, India v Australia, both teams to score 300. And I'll have one point, I'm not even going to try and pronounce his first name again, but Kamara, top Sri Lanka first innings bowler at 7-2. Okay, and my last point, I'll have on Fazal Hat, Furuki, top Islamabad bowler v Peshawar at 7-2. So I've got two units left, so I'm going to split stake in the New Zealand Sri Lanka test match. Half a unit, Tim Salvi, top New Zealand batsman at 100 to 1 and half a unit. Doug Bracewell, top New Zealand batsman at 66 to 1. And then my final point, one point, Travis Head, 4 to 1, top Australia batsman in the first ODI against India. There you go. There's your five point challenge and Richard Mann and Paul Krishnamurti's best bets. See who survives until next week when we'll be talking IPL again. We'll go through the IPL outright. Odds and also Tasneem Summer Khan returns with her anatomy of an IPL franchise winner. See you then.